Jesus. Just worship him. Close your eyes and think of him. Think of our Father God, the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. that were waving the palm branches on that I guess we could say first Palm Sunday but then a few days later we're calling well Lord we want to be strong and we know that's in you and we receive anew and afresh this morning that empowering of your Holy Spirit that strengthening of your Holy Spirit that resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to live our lives and to be lights that are shining for you we thank you Lord that you are your heart is always toward us we thank you for your love and we love you because you first loved us Say this after me. I love you, Lord Jesus, with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. I love you. I praise you. Thank you, Lord, for your song rising among us, rising among us for your joy rising among us, for your life rising among us, for your healing rising among us, just flowing right through this congregation, this church family right now, your healing power. Thank you, we receive it now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you kids for helping us. And Doreen's a kid, right? And worship team, thank you. And we'll greet each other and kids can go to their church. Oh, we do thank you, Lord. You are so good and your mercy endures forever, we know. We thank you that we can come together to worship you to praise you, to glorify your name, just to receive of you and your life anew and afresh. Thank you for that, Lord. I've got a few announcements, and then I'm going to share a little update about the church building, too. Pastor Dean will be bringing a message here in a few minutes. We'll be having a fellowship meal prepared by Adana Maria, and today, again, we're going to uh, in the jar there, that glass jar, if you would like to give a special gift for Adana Maria today, we'll be doing that as well. If you make out a check, if you could make it to the church, TCC. And um, this Wednesday now, there will be no regular activities here, 
But in the evening at 6.30, we'll be having a Passion Week service, a communion service. And we'll be having a time of praise and worship. Tim and Kathy Pomp and their team will be leading that. There'll be a dramatic reading uh, on Jesus' Passion. Peter Coffin and I will be doing that. There'll be a song that Pastor Dean wrote about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He and I know Tim Waller, and I'm not sure who all are going to be sharing that, and we'll be having communion together. So that's 6.30 on Wednesday. And then also on Friday of this week, there will be a community Good Friday service at the Bemidji Armory at 6 p.m. That's on Good Friday. And on Sunday morning, Easter breakfast on Resurrection Sunday. Uh, that'll be from 9 to 10 o'clock. Uh, our men of our church will be preparing and serving that. Dean, you can contact him if you have questions. He's not here today, but you could give him a call or text. And uh, there's other communication connections there that we have. We also send those out on our weekly announcements. They're always on Facebook, or you can get them in email as well. Uh, I just want to bring a reminder for prayer. I'll be praying for George and Joyce Cook, uh, who were here a few weeks ago from South End, Saskatchewan, Canada. Their mission trip to the Inuit people, Eskimo people of Rankin Inlet, none of it um, is going to be this Thursday through Saturday. So let's be praying for them. Lord, we thank you for your anointing and your outpouring there in that spot on the northwest part of the Hudson Bay there. Praise God. And then I was, I'm going to give... I'll be doing this for a few weeks because I know there's a lot of folks gone today for various things, but I wanted to share this with us today too. Um, concerning the building and just where we're at, as, you know, as far as we know on things, well, first of all, I want to say a huge thank you again to Joe and Sue and also Mark Ventasso, Joyce, and then Ann Nelson lots of cleaning and such, and others who've worked with the contractors, sheet rockers, painters, service master, and volunteers spearheading our project of restoring the sanctuary and foyer. And uh, as a result of the repairs and restoration needed because of the heavy snow that collapsed that part of the church house roof and we'll have a few things here to show you. We'll have, we're going to be having now factory-made trusses. Before that section, it wasn't factory-made. It was, they were hand, handmade. And it's not just the section that collapsed, but it's all the way across to the valley on the other side, too. They're um, solid, solid trusses there that will hold up the snow and... Uh, we had another test this week, didn't we, <laughs> with the snow. Amazing. That's why, that's actually why Joyce and I are here today, because the conference that we were going to go to was canceled 
uh, because of the blizzard uh, down south and the snowstorm here. We also have new shingles on that whole section of the roof of that part of the building. Well, they're already there, the new shingles. And uh, we will be having new carpet in our sanctuary. We'll be having new carpet in our foyer and adjoining areas. The church sanctuary will be professionally repainted. The church foyer will be professionally repainted. And we will now have wood beams, which were previously covered with sheetrock, exposed in both these areas, and they're beautiful. Uh, it was the same cost to either re-sheetrock them or to uh, sand them and or, and stain them and and such. So they're just they're really neat. I was just going to mention too the the sheetrocker Norm Berg. He's an old friend of mine from like many years ago. We milk cows together. And so we've been reminiscing about those days. That's been kind of neat. But he, he's really, he said they're blessed to be able to be a part of this. And so we can keep praying for them too. And there are some things not covered by insurance that were determined as needed to be done now while things were torn apart and already a mess. There is wisdom in doing some things when the time is right and the professionals are available and ready to do the work. And here's some examples of that. Fiberglass insulation was added to bring it up to an energy efficient level as the cellulose insulation that was in there had settled over the years and it was no longer, you might say, energy efficient like it needs to be. And so the extra cost above insurance, part of it was replaced by insurance, but the rest to bring it up to where it needed to be was an extra $5,000. And there are some adjacent connecting areas to the damaged foyer carpet that will need to be replaced too to make them match with the rest. And there are areas adjacent to damaged walls and ceiling that will need to be repainted at this time. Um, and then there are some natural post type things coming down from where those beams are um, that will be wrapped in wood and they'll complement the beams. You'll see when it's done and uh, that will be an extra cost as well. Um, the projects that were not completed on the outside of the building by our contractor, Troy Winter, and his crew, uh, they will now be completed by the contractor who stepped in to help us with the roof collapse, and that's Cliff Kastner and his crew. Um, Troy Winter, our original contractor, connected us with Cliff Kastner when the roof collapsed. And it was such a blessing that they were able just to come right in and uh, and do that work in a very timely fashion. Troy was in agreement with them taking over, finishing the outside projects. Troy, one of the things that delayed some of the things on the outside of the building was last fall, Troy broke his ankle. And um, 
also he's been in California, but then of course the cold weather that came made it so they couldn't finish too. But so we're using the funds that were given last year to finish those projects on the outside. Uh, but there are two more things that are unrelated to the roof collapse that are also needing to be addressed. It seems like buildings are that way, you know. That's just the way they are. But for one, I don't know if you've noticed, but as you come in the main entry, there's cracked tile at the main interest, entrance to the church sanctuary there that where our coat room is. And uh, there's quite a few of them there now that are broken, and the reason for that is that moisture was coming down into the, that area because the cement is slanted that way. And so to repair that, to fix the cement and such, it looks like that'll cost about $3,500. And then another thing, there's a leak in the north wall of the sanctuary that allows water to come into that space that's beneath the pulpit area in the sanctuary. And that needs to be addressed, otherwise it would form mold and stuff. So we do not yet... We don't know the cost that that would be yet, but uh, that really needs to be done. So in regard to the repair and renovation needed because of the roof collapse, we don't know the, what the total dollar amount may be that is needed above what the insurance is and the TCC savings, which we have, and how mu you know how much that'll cover but we will share that with the church family as soon as we know that, that exact amount. But I want to communicate these things in these next few weeks with our church family now so that ahead of time, listen to this now, so that ahead of time we can join our faith together and be ready to believe for the quick payment of that amount, whatever it is. And I believe we're in agreement that we do not want to go into debt to do these things, right? Um, also, another thing, just to throw out there, in search for the best carpet, the right carpet, we thank those that helped with that search. Um, for the sanctuary and foyer, it was realized we, that the carpet in here is, how old do you think this carpet is? It's 32 years old, and uh, you know it's done amazingly well. Joan's dad picked this carpet out. Uh, Babe Fellows did, and he certainly got the right one. But just think of all the food and everything. But it's coming close to need. You know, it needs to be replaced too. So. We now have the opportunity as a church family to believe that God will help us give and receive, give and receive the dollar amount needed for the completion of this project and then, you know, the ones I shared too. Uh, we thank you, Lord, in advance for the full amount needed. Amen? Um, you probably know that we, as a church family, we've recently given $1,000 to two different True Ridge churches, one in Erskine and one in Marshall, Minnesota, who are currently paying for their new buildings 
You know, that's good seed for a harvest of monies needed for us to do what's needed in our church house here in Tinstrike, Minnesota, right? So let's, let's give into our TCC building fund for these things for our church house. And for this giving, what we can do is we can use these envelopes. Um, Joyce and I have our first offering to give into it right here. And you just mark it for building fund. Put it on, you can put it, if you're doing a check, you can do it in the memo too, but it's good to put them in these as well. And then put them in that box in the back. Um, so we can do that, or you can give on the website too. Um, and it, hopefully you know how to do that. It's been in our announcements and such. I have a scripture that Joyce had a couple mornings ago for her devotions that I'll read here. Exodus 25, 1 and 2, offerings for the sanctuary. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they bring me an offering. For everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And that was for the sanctuary. Willingly cheerful giver from the heart. Um, and just one other thing I would mention at this time, looking up ahead, there will be a need for more, some more volunteer work. We've had just awesome volunteer work. It's been great from our church family, but we're looking ahead. There will be more that's needed to be done. And this will help to reduce the overall cost too. Uh, examples of that will be some cleaning, some painting, uh, some lawn and yard cleanup and repair, rutted grass and such. You may have noticed some things that were that happened, like when the crane come in and such. Uh, so up ahead, we'll be having a few work days. One possibility of doing this may be on a Sunday where we have our service and then a meal, and then we work together, whoever can, uh, on some things. So, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're moving forward. We don't know the timing yet, how many weeks it'll be, but we know the Lord has the right timing, and we know that he's doing a work in all of us, individually, as families, and also as a church family, uh, in preparing us for re-entry there. So Lord, we lift these things all before you now in the name of Jesus and the offerings that we give both for tithes like to the general fund but offerings to the building fund and such, Lord, we thank you. We, would, we do it with that willing heart, Lord. Willing from our heart, Lord, to do this. And uh, we give them unto you because we love you and we also thank you and receive that supply for everything that will be needed for the church house here but for every family in our church family in Jesus name we pray and everyone in agreement said amen, amen. and Pastor Dean is going to come and bring a word to us this morning
Morning. Praise the Lord. Well, let's just lift a hand up to the Lord. If you have your Bible, lift it up. If you have your phone, lift it up. If you have your tablet, <laughs> lift it up. <laughs> We're going to give thanks to the Lord for his word. Father, we honor your word today. We thank you, Lord God, that Jesus said that we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We thank you, Lord, that every word that you have spoken contains the power to bring it about in our life, in our circumstances. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen this means to bring us into truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we want to honor the word of the Lord. It's so powerful. I often teach on principles of the kingdom and I encourage people not to filter the teaching through their own circumstances, but to catch a broader vision of the kingdom. And, you know, there's things that God declares that don't necessarily apply to where, where I am right now, but they do equip us to help others and to have a full understanding of his character. But today, I would like you to hear these scriptures and things as if they're speaking directly to you in your life. Amen. So let's open our heart. God has a word for us. Let's explore a little bit today God's relentless pursuit of our heart. God's relentless pursuit of our heart. He is so faithful. In Isaiah 53, the scripture of the prophetic scripture of Jesus coming and giving his life for us. But in verse 10, listen to what he declares. But the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offspring. He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify the many, and he will bear their iniquities. Just an odd phrase that was always struck me, but the Lord was pleased to crush him. But the Lord was pleased to crush him. It's kind of like what Paul said when he was, all the things he went through to preach the gospel, persecuted and uh, all the suffering that he endured as he went into the dark world and brought the light. But he said, I consider all these things not worth comparing with the glory that shall be revealed in us. All the things that he had to face 
in this world. He said it's not even worth comparing. Because he caught a vision of the glory of God and the wonder of the eternal salvation that was there and, and, the, and, and what is reserved for us in eternity. Well, that was kind of the view here that the Lord has. It was, it was the Lord's pleasure to crush him. Compared the momentary suffering that Jesus faced compared to the endless glories that would be available to God's children. The wondrous intimacy that he was going to bring humanity to with himself. And Jesus even, it says that, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scoring its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the glory of God. <clears throat> Amen. And so today we want to catch the value of a human heart. The wealth from God's viewpoint. You know, a lot of times we see ourselves as, you know, not worthy of that much. Especially if we've come out of hard, hard circumstances. But God sees you as eternal, your eternal value. And he sees that it was what he, what he was going to perform within you and where he was going to bring you. He was pleased to send Jesus to buy you. He was pleased for you to be brought into completeness through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen. The Message Bible here in verse 10 gives us this commentary. Still, it's what God had in mind all along to crush him with pain. The plan was that he gave himself as an offering for sin so that he might see, so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. Let's say that together. Life, life, and more life. Wow, that's God's plan. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. God has the perfect sight of your eternal state with him. God sees and knows exactly what you were formed for. It was worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus. When we really catch this, what humility it brings into our life. What humility that the God of all creation would see that kind of value within me. And it's not because of anything who we are in the natural world, in our flesh, in our own ability. It's all because of the wonders of the sacrifice and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. He has made us new. Every once in a while, I, I uh, Virginia Brand, Branshaw, <laughs> 
but I've had an opportunity to pray with her off and on through the years. And but every you know after we talk and we you know we just pray together, whatever. And I, as he's as we're leave, depart, departing, I always say, you know, God really loves you. <laughs> her immediate response is, "Oh, I know." I know. It just comes automatically up out of her heart. Don't have to think about it. Doesn't, <laughs> there's no qualification. Oh, I know. <laughs> Amen. God wants us to have that kind of assurance of how priceless our eternal life is. God is pursuing us. He pursues us before we're saved then we come into the kingdom, but he doesn't stop pursuing us. He's pursuing that we would be coming to the full place that he's designed for us. In Psalm 23, again, this is a message Bible, but I believe it gives a great commentary, the shepherd's view of us. The Lord is my shepherd, but in verse 6, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Your beauty, the psalmist said, and love chase after me every day. Wow. And he finds us in Jesus. And he transforms us into his beauty. You're beautiful today. Ooh, me? <laughs> yeah, you're beautiful today. Hallelujah. And so our Heavenly Father pursues us, holding out his love, mercy, and grace, the power of the blood of Jesus to bring us into perfect righteousness with his heart. Let's go to Revelation 3 and verse 20. This is what Jesus is saying to the church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. We had a really good example of that this morning. We were having our class and we were talking, having a good, good, you know, discussion. And there was practice going on here and noise, and all of a sudden, <laughs> someone had got locked in a in a room and they couldn't get out. <laughs> Amen. And I thought, well, that's a good that's a good example this morning. <laughs> But listen to what he says. I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. Remember back in the early 70s, I would hear this. The scripture would be used a lot in the messages that we would hear. I stand at the door and knock. And it was normally referring to the, the world. I'm knocking, I'm knocking. Come in and find me, come in. Here he's writing to the church. He's writing to the, to, the, to the local church here. If anyone first hears my voice 
and opens a door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. These people were born again. He already, already had the spirit in them. Jesus was already living in them, in the Holy Spirit. But yet this is that special visitation of fellowship, of intimacy. Amen. And so Jesus was calling out to the church. They had focused too much on their own personal abilities and personal standing. And had lost some of their dependence on his grace. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And then he says, if anyone opens, anyone, he's pursuing, he's pursuing intimate fellowship. He's pursuing, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. And I remember hearing this, reading this in the 70s. It was in the present tense in the 1970s. Right now, I'm standing here, right now, I'm knocking. Well, it's still in the present tense today. Knocking and calling. One commentator states that this is a soft and gentle call. If you hear my voice. If you hear my voice. If the voice of the world and the voice of focus on yourself and the voice of all these other things don't drown me out. I'm calling to you. I'm knocking. I'm not forcing you. If the, if the voice of the world is not overpowering, you can hear and you can respond. How, how do we open the door? We, we read this, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. How do I open that door? Well, by faith, of course, by trust. But Jesus gave us another avenue here that he, he was speaking to this church. Right before this in verse 19, those whom I love I reprove and discipline, therefore be zealous and repent. Be zealous and repent. Repentance is always a powerful message of the gospel. It's not a negative message. You have to do all these things and then I'll accept you. It's a heart surrender. But it does mean turning away from the things of the world that are destructive, that are contrary to the, to the ways and the purposes of God. It's a beautiful thing that God is pursuing us. He's not pursuing us from a great distance. He's not tracking us like, you know, people would track an animal or something, they're hunting. He's pursuing close, close to us. He's pursuing there. 
He's standing at the door, the door, and he's knocking. It's not hard to find him. He's close at hand. And so repentance is we, we stop going our own way and we simply stop and turn to face him. He's right there. We simply stop and turn. We forsake our way. And we turn to face him and he's right there. Let me just read this little sentence I have here. His voice imparts to us the ability to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice once and for all. No turning back to our self-directed, self-determined paths. No more. I am determining my steps and I ask you to bless them, Lord. We're not setting our own agenda and then say, okay, Lord, this is the plan. No, you, I ask you to bless it. We're surrendering to him. We're surrendering to him. And, you know, if we turn with that total surrender of heart, the Holy Spirit leads us to that. There's like a grace within us that we live in this state of total Submission to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And by faith we turn towards him. We open up our heart. What a beautiful thing. Jesus in the garden praying, not my will, but thine be done. Amen. He is pursuing holiness in our life. Aren't you so glad that the things that were maybe strongholds years ago, now there's a grace of God within us. He's teaching us to overcome. He's guiding us on the path. He's he's putting life, abundant, overcoming life within us. Our way of thinking, our meditations change. Isn't that marvelous? Hebrews 12, 10, but he disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. And God says, this is the highest way to live, to partake of my nature, to partake in my attitude. We can share in his holiness. I just want to give a couple quick things here. He pursues us from within us. James 5, 4, in one translation, the spirit which he causes to dwell in union with us is constantly longing and progressively yearning for us to the point of bubbling up, with, bubbling up zeal and enthusiasm. Isn't that beautiful? He causes our hearts to bubble up with zeal and enthusiasm because that's who God is. Look what Jesus did for us. He just didn't do, well, that's good enough to get by. Well, get him to heaven and that's it. He didn't stop there. He didn't stop there. I remember I was had a logging business with my grandfather and my dad, but my grandfather, we'd be trying to do something out on the spot in the, out in the bush and... <laughs> 
And he'd say, well, we're not taking it to state fair. <laughs> That's good enough. <laughs> Well, you know, when we come to God, it can't be, well, that's good enough to get me to heaven. Jesus gave up everything for you. He paid the price to save you to the uttermost for all time and eternity. And the Holy Spirit now within us is bubbling up with zeal. He causes zeal for God to take center stage. Oh, what a marvelous thing to walk out that zeal. What a marvelous thing to walk it out and to live in union with him. Doesn't mean that there won't be obstacles and that you won't fail here and there or all these things, but it means that that, that center part of your life and zealousness for him, no matter what comes our way, it's always there. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 1.17, the Apostle Paul praying for the church that, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom, revelation in the knowledge of him or to know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Wow, we have an inheritance in Jesus. Everything that he paid for, everything he did, he has graciously welcomed us into that inheritance. Amazing. His inheritance is is also something we can see in one another. When we're dealing with one another, we're dealing with his inheritance. When we speak badly about one another, we're speaking badly about his inheritance. We need to repent. We cannot just have loose talk about members of the body of Christ and expect to climb the heights of God. His inheritance that he has for a personal experience is you. You are his inheritance. You are what he gains from this whole process of redemption. Your heart forever standing bright and pure and holy before him. Amen. He pursues us through the members of his body. That's a marvelous thing. The Holy Spirit will anoint our brothers and sisters. They'll speak a word that just enliven our hearts. Consider how you might stir one another up to love and good deeds. I mean, God is working within the body to keep life, to keep passion flowing within one another. And that's why in Hebrews it says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together, but encourage one another daily. The, the enemy, the world, tries to crowd our time and put busyness and all these other strong 
issues that might seem so important when really what is really what God says is important that we are in consistent fellowship with the body of Christ. Not only to come and hear a message from the Bible, not only to have natural fellowship, but also to be available to one another where, they can, where God can use them to speak words that will strike my heart and cause me to rise up in passion. Then finally, everybody say finally, amen. He pursues us with divine appointments. There are divine setups as we go through life. You know, we're just kind of going on through life and everything just day to day to day to day and all of a sudden he will, he will show up with a divine appointment, something we never even thought of. And that will launch us and put us into a new step of the glory of God. Hallelujah. You know, we think of the woman at the well who's just going about her everyday business, going, you know, in normal routine, and all of a sudden she encountered Jesus, and her life was never the same again. We need to be together for him to encounter us. I mean, so often this is where impartation comes. As we're together, I was starting a church one time and had a teenage boy, probably 14, 15, and after a Sunday night service, he came up and said, God just called me to India. He was sitting there and God had just spoken to him. He, 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 he went to agricultural school. He, he went to India to help them to minister for Christ and also to train them in in how to best use their soil for farming. He married a girl from India. They have a wonderful family today. Wow, we need to be together. This is, this is a place of encounter. God, is, God pursues us through his body. And again, I just want to declare to you that you are Deeply loved. That's all I'll say it. I know it. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word. Bless our fellowship in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer today, be glad to meet with you. Ha <laughs> ha.